This is the Movie Hall of Fame for Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'm Nico. I host this program along with Adam Hall. Hi. And our pal Jabril is here, special guest, <laughs> making his triumphant return to the program, Jabril Mahmood. There he is. What's up, my guy? I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some <laughs> wet-ass pussy. Macaroni in a pot. That's some wet-ass pussy. <laughs> That's how you <laughs> greet us after all these months. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I've <laughs> how returned. T- how many times have you listened to that song? <laughs> Far too many. Yeah. Far too many times. I'm noticing in the background that there is a cowboy hat. I, I'm, I'm trying to piece together what that means. Yeehaw. Hmm. Is that a cowboy hat? I think it is a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. What has Jabril mm-hmm. been up to? Do you to? wear that thing? He does. He rocks. Can a- you answer our questions with a yes or a no rather than just sound effects? <laughs> bah. 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 No, on it. So wait a time out. You, no, you- no, it's, it's a child's cowboy hat. It's when I went to some Western town on a field trip from like 15 or 20 years ago or something. And it's hanging on your closet door. Yeah. What's the significance of it? You just- Token Why- from my childhood? I don't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just throw it away? Uh, memorabilia. Really, what I'm asking is, is it that special? <laughs> no, I just want to know why it's out and not in a box. <laughs> that implies I'm, that you've worn I'm, it. No, I'm a lazy bastard. I don't know. What do you want? So you haven't me? moved it in 15 years? <laughs> like, what are you talking I don't, I don't about? Think so. I don't think so. No. <laughs> we, just, no. we just missed it on the That's last... been on the door for 15 years? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. It's not moved. Collecting dust. I should. I should. Who are you? Time. What is happening? You, you might want to wow. check that. You might want to check that for termites. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Those can be. Those can be a pesky nuisance. Um. Hey, Jabril. How you doing? Uh, hey. Speaking of wet ass pussies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of your boy the weekend at the halftime oh. show this week? Oh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Ethiopia represent. Woo. Okay, I thought it sucked. I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> Fuck you. I guess I thought it was pretty terrible. <laughs> I thought it was an, the whole. It's not just the weekend. The whole thing was bad. It was just. A, I like mm-hmm. the weekend songs. Yeah. I think it generally has some pretty good songs. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's a particularly great live performer. I guess not. I, I think no, he pretty, got kind of overpowered by everything else. I agree, but yeah. he was still good. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the staging, not a big fan of like the Star Wars Imperial Senate uh, orchestra behind him. I kind of like, 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 yeah. like, like the POV camera work. I kind of like the, the yeah, like in the fun house, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. the Joker's hostage video in a fun house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think interesting. I just like, I don't know, prefer a halftime dancer than a halftime singer, I guess. Ooh. Can you dance? Can you fucking dance? I don't need them to just da- like I'm. I'm okay with just watching old ass men allow the Rolling Stones jamming out. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You want the Stones back? I'll get the Stones back, baby. You yes. want the Who back with I, that? Like I didn't mind the Who. <laughs> Did you like the Who? I remember thinking. I I think back on that one fondly. I don't traditionally like uh, Super Bowl halftime shows in general. Mm. I usually skip them. Uh, and then I hear about them 
you know, all over the interweb, you know, and the most amusing thing that I've gotten out of them in the past, I don't know, 10 years has been uh, Shakira's goat tongue. Yes. That's about it. Which is what (laughs) these things are built for. They're built for spectacle and they're built for memes, I think. I'm just not interested in that stuff. And if you don't deliver on the spectacle or the memes, I'm underwhelmed. That's why I hated Maroon 5 so much. I will say that was pretty impressive, though. I mean, is there any memeage that's going to come out of this one? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, the, the POV. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. I yeah. guess so. Was it that memeable? I don't know. Oh, yes. Memeable as Shakira. No. I'll tell you that right now. But though, that's a moment where it happens and you know what it's going to lead to. You just <laughs> know how much that's going to infest. <laughs> I love that. So. Yeah, I like, I like J-Lo and Shakira, too. All right. Um, no, I just don't think, like, look, if you're not Prince, you better dance. Right. That's right. all I'm Do saying. You. If you're not fucking Prince and you're one of the great musicians of your generation and can just shred on the guitar for four minutes and captivate everyone, you get your tap shoes out and fucking dance. Sure. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, we dance, have no black time. Man, dance. <laughs> the fact that he's black. Room five, too. Same fucking thing. It's either dance or get out of here. Coldplay. Dance or get oh the my hell out of here. Coldplay. Get the hell out. I totally forgot about that. How bad was Coldplay? They had to bring Bruno and Beyonce in to, to lighten the load. Why does it have to be music? Why can't they bring out Dave Chappelle for 30 minutes? Oh, Wow. Now there's an idea. <laughs> Why are you not producing these things? <laughs> I would love it if they promised like Beyonce and introducing <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just have Chappelle and Rogan do a quick 15 <laughs> in the middle of the halftime. A podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. All I'm saying is, Call Kanye, you cowards. Okay. Oh Just fucking call Kanye already. Mm. Just rip the band-aid off and get Kanye on the phone. Mm. And let him I do like it. the chaos. I like the chaos aspect of it. That's what interests me. They've run out of good acts. They've just run out yeah. of famous enough people that are also good live performers. Unless like they haven't asked Taylor Swift yet. Mm-mm. Which I'm sure they That's have. Yeah. And she probably That's said coming. no. Yeah, it'll come eventually. And I know Rihanna said mm-hmm. no and Jay Z said no. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask Khodorovsky. Kanye and Hodo. That's no Kanye. Kanye and Herzog. He's a big Herzog fan. What? (laughs) Is Kanye a Herzog fan too? Yeah, there's a line. Herzog in the mirror, such and such. Oh, wow. Yeah, everybody's kind of a Herzog fan now. Yeah, they won't Mm -hmm. admit it, but they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Ooh, Kanye and Lynch. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Let Lynch do the production design. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I I think he could do it. I think he could do it. I'm in on this, guys. Uh, yeah, I thought. I'm sorry. I thought the weekend was boring. I yeah, apologize. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. To, that's uh, fine. That's yeah, very fond of them for the for the weekend fans out there. <laughs> um, okay, we're here to talk about uh, a film. Are that... we? I don't think we are. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an emergency podcast. Adam was supposed to be away by now. Yeah, we, we halted Adam's vacation for this. <laughs> I'm like, get in the studio. We have an emergency podcast. Um, because, uh, well, a movie came out on Netflix this week called Malcolm and Marie. And, um, well, I had some text conversations with both of you independently, actually, just to get your thoughts, because I was dying to hear what you thought of this movie. Um, and so because you two are good friends, you decided to watch it for me. And, um, 
Well, I, I will say that your responses were a bit uh, colorful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, colorful. I'd say we, we, we painted <laughs> a self-portrait with just how perfectly we ca- encapsulated our feelings for this movie. It was... <sighs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> What's he doing? What are you doing? Standing up, man. I got to have some uh, stamina. We're going to be talking. Let's go. <laughs> Let's oh, go. boy. All right. Let me just say this right now and oh, then you guys boy. can have the floor. I am the only human being in the world that enjoyed Malcolm and Murray. Uh, I'm the only one. I seem to be the only one. I have not heard a single positive opinion about this movie yet. And what does that tell you about yourself, Nico? Well, uh, nothing that I didn't already know. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Okay. I understand I can sometimes be a bit of a contrarian, a bit of a provocateur. Fuck you. An edgelord. (laughs) I'm sick of this. No, stop doing your repetitive shit. What? (laughs) I enjoy the occasional hot No, I'm a little mad at you. Why? (laughs) Because... Okay, so you introduced this movie to me as if, you know, Adam, it's a very interesting thing that you, 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 you it might, is interesting. You, you might it's get definitely something out interesting. Of. The behind the scenes are interesting. The movie is not interesting whatsoever, <laughs> but neither here nor there, I suppose. Uh, wow. Wow. Malcolm and, the, and Marie. Why did you think there was even the slightest chance that I would like this movie? Hyper stylized. No. <laughs> what? The fact that it's in black and white? Or the- <laughs> <laughs> this one makes it artistic. Oh, the, what, the, the macaroni and cheese line? Hyper-stylized dialogue? <laughs> it's in a cool house, man. Oh, and cool. the camera moves a lot. Well, Halloween's in a cool house, too. Wonderful. And it's a great movie <laughs> for that good- reason. <laughs> Lots of movies that are in great houses, dude. It's in a cool house. Yep. It looks nice. I think there are two compelling leads at its center. Oh, and it has some incendiary ideas about film criticism. Oh, sure. And I thought that Shut you might. What's well, true? <laughs> and I thought you might enjoy the incendiary ideas about film criticism because you often express incendiary ideas about film criticism. I've, I've talked about that a lot. I even mentioned how much I, I guess, don't mind uh, some of the ideas in this movie on paper. I'm being a, a broken record with this. My God, but Jesus Christ movie like squanders every single like good idea it could have possibly had. I, I man, I, I first of all, I think the script is horrible. <laughs> it's um it's horrible. I think it's really bad. It's definitely a first draft. I think it goes <laughs> so far in trying to make itself sound good and hyper-stylized that it actually falls on the other end of the spectrum in equally bad territories. It's a disaster. <laughs> it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Dude, I, I, it's, I've never leveled this criticism towards a movie. It's overwritten. I never said that before towards yes. any movie ever, but this is the most it's overwritten piece of shit I've ever seen. Very overwritten. I, I, I guess like, and I guess if I'm going to derail any of your arguments here and now, Nico, it's not that funny. It's not that funny. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> well, it's not a comedy. But is that what you were going to say? Oh, I laughed a couple times. <laughs> okay, I did. But, but, like, I understand that I only laughed, though, because of my, like, deep affection for film criticism and the discourse yeah. around it. 
And I just kind of found the line of, you know, Malcolm when Malcolm's reading the review that he gets for his movie. Consider the opening uh, uh, steady cam shot. It's a dolly, you yeah, fucking idiot. Th- that line's very funny. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in there that it's like, oh, this fucking jerk off and his ego. Who? The, 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 the John David Washington? The or, John David or Washington. Sam Levinson. Well, <laughs> Sam Levinson via the John David Washington character. Let's say that. Like, just understanding the context in which this movie was made yeah. and also the ideas that it's expressing. I mean, it's only funny to me. And I understand that it wouldn't be funny to anyone flipping through Netflix and finding this Zendaya vehicle mm. by accident for the first time. Um, and I look, I you have to acknowledge that going into it. Is Does this sort of have the mass appeal of like a Richard Linklater film or a Woody Allen film? Like, obviously not. There is not a universality... To the ideas, just on sort of like a relationship level, yeah. To what's happening between Malcolm and Marie, and, and I get that this is not <laughs> like a crowd pleasing rom com, no, or or romantic or romantic drama or whatever. But I do think, as like a thought experiment and as a conversation that a screenwriter slash director is having with himself, yeah. there is a lot of interesting stuff to glean from this. If it's not always the most rewarding cinematic experience. <laughs> I don't think you're watching the movie the right way, man. Maybe not. I but I watch you, a lot of things I, in very wrong ways because well, of Nico. Yeah, like like that's this not is the thought this is the thought vomit of some privileged little rich boy. Oh, yeah. That's no, it is. is. It really There's honestly no incisive is incisive commentary on reactionary <laughs> film critics. Yep. What are you talking about? <laughs> He wrote a whole fucking movie because he got one bad review for one of his films. Yes. Yes. What are you talking about, Nico? No, and that's the problem. Watch John Cassavetti films for Christ's sake. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I told you to watch Shadows six months ago. (laughs) By the way, I have a surprise for you. Oh, boy. (gasps) I watched Shadows last night. (laughs) (laughs) For you. For you. Yay. How was it? Uh, I liked it, and it, I, I liked it for, man, you're going to hate me when I say this, a lot of the same reasons I liked Malcolm and Marie. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I kind of oh, no. found the sort of, like, freewheeling sensibility, very, like, in-your-face character stuff yeah. um, yes. to be to be very compelling. Now, it, it's not necessarily a movie that Adam would like. It's it's probably a movie that Adam would hate, would be my guess. Like it, I think. I think you might like it. I mean, I don't like faces at all. So if it's yeah. any, if it's anything like faces, then I, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm. I'm you very... like the actors, yeah. The actors are very charismatic, and yeah. Oh well, this was another problem. Uh... Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Shadows is essentially this movie. John Cassavetes made it was his first movie, right? Directorial debut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it in the late '60s, early '70s with just his acting buddies in New York. Shot it on this shoestring budget. And it is this improvised movie. The thing is entirely improvised. It's um, actually not improvised. It is actually written. I think there's some impro- improvisation, but that was always the uh, um, understanding. Now it's all, most of it was scripted, I believe. Well, in the credits, they I don't know how truthful this was, but it says that the film that you just saw is an improvisation. Hmm. That's that's in the credits. So he's probably lying about a lot of it. And I'm sure there there were elements of the script that they had planned. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of those scenarios you could tell were just actors sort of feeling their way through the scene. And it feels a lot like a, a, a scene that you would do in acting class, um, mm-hmm. which is frankly how Malcolm and Marie felt sometimes. And, yes. you know, I, I kind of found that sort of raw quality to be, if not always like brilliant, interesting. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what the deal with Malcolm and Marie. Like, this, you can tell, is a script that a guy wrote in two days and didn't look over and didn't edit and didn't get notes from the studio. And he just oh, fucking shot it with his two friends. Do you know why? Do you know why he didn't get notes from a studio, Nico? He, well, because he didn't have a studio. He did it himself, right? Yeah, it was shot because in he's Sam Le- Yeah, and he's Sam Levinson's son. Barry, Barry Levinson's this son. This is not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Barry Levinson's son. There's a right. key difference between this and Shadows. Mm-hmm. John Cassavetes is a master filmmaker, and Shadows is a beautiful film. Wonderful little film filled with beautiful, beautiful little vignettes. And this is a Woody Allen wannabe. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You mean Sam Levinson himself? Is Sam a- Levinson's, yes, a Woody Allen wannabe. Yeah, th- this is what it comes down to, and sort of branching off what you just said there, is that I don't see a shred of authenticity to this. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any I, – I, the ideas I, – I keep coming back to this. Yeah, the ideas on paper, yeah, go for it if you'd like, man, but I don't – think he's the guy to tackle a lot of the issues in this movie i certainly don't think he has any restraint no focus oh my god this is another issue is that he's almost dealing with too much yeah and i cannot like sink into any one thing this movie like does feel like vomit yeah (laughs) it really just does feel like vomit on paper being projected i agree and yeah dude like fuck that (laughs) <laughs> I, I okay i appreciate though that it's a little unfiltered though who like, cares <laughs> many things are unfiltered yeah dude i said this in my review i'd rather watch cats again that's unfiltered in a, in a lot of ways a key difference, a key cannibal difference holocaust give that to me <laughs> what a key difference between this and shadows is shadows lets things breathe every once in a while yeah this never shuts the fuck up no that's true Trim shit down. He just, oh my God. This is one long acting monologue. Can I, 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 all right. I want to just comment. conversations. I want to, I want to, I want you to comment on it and actually explain what you mean though. When you talk about sort of Sam Levinson being Barry Levinson's son and the idea of like nepotism Mm -hmm. and that's how he got the project made. And like, we all understand like, yes, Sam Levinson would not be working with Zendaya and have like an HBO deal and mm-hmm. a $30 million Netflix movie without, of course, a little bit of nepotism. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, also, John David Washington wouldn't be an actor if it were not for nepotism That's either. True. Right, so, the difference I mean, is, The difference but, is he's actually good. Yes. Okay, I'm not sure that Sam Levinson is not good, but, okay, if you want to say the movie's yeah. not good, fine. I, I, <laughs> why is that inherently a bad thing, though, the fact that he's Barry Levinson's son? That's my Well, question. if they earn their keep, then... It kind of erases the problem for me. Yeah, I agree. Like a bit, I, yeah. Well, the, to, to your point, I don't think it is inherently a bad thing. You know, I think you know plenty of people have have come up from you know mm-hmm. f- you know uh, a famous starts and done really really wonderful things. I mean, honestly, a, a lot of people that we know and love in in Hollywood are are very much that. I know Paul Thomas Anderson is very much that. Sure. Uh, but again, uh, it, it doesn't matter if they can't prove to me that they're worthy. Like what Jabril was just saying, it does. Like the entire time, I'm just sitting here, like, yeah, no, this is someone who's you know hasn't earned the right to, <laughs> I guess, tell this story this way. I don't know. I just, but I, I, I do definitely agree that, like, at the end of the day, it just does feel like a, a whiny little brat trying to make a you know a quote unquote personal movie. 
yes. Um, okay. What my, my, like my answer is, so what? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess my only response to that is, so what, that he's whiny. Well, I mean, well, a not, lot of filmmakers are whiny. Well, it's not very enjoyable, for starters. <laughs> I mean, Woody <laughs> Allen is fucking whiny as hell. Yeah, but we- at you least he I mean? has some perspective. Like as much as yeah. I'm not a gigantic fan of him, he at least has some perspective and some some knowledge about things. Like, dude, everything in this movie is stuff that we have expunged time and time again on this podcast. It's not mm. interesting. It's not particularly new. Mm. It's like, yeah, we get it. Like critics, you know, like and dislike movies for often the wrong reasons and cool you know, there's better ways of dealing with it than this. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Jabril question for you. Did you okay. find the sort of politics of the movie, or I guess not even politics, but perspective on film criticism and I guess perspective on identity politics to be at all compelling, or did you just find the delivery system, you know, through which it was told? Doesn't it deserve better than this? You know, these I mean, ideas. there are plenty of reactionary film critics. But there's also a lot of great film criticism out there here. And I think his I think he's just a dishonest actor. I think he got one really bad review for his previous film, Assassination Nation, which uh, uh, is a sociopolitical action horror film, I believe. Did I you guys see, see that movie? But, Did you see that? I haven't no, seen it either. No, it got trashed. But um, I think, yeah, he got one bad review from some lady in the L.A. Times and I, I just think no, I don't. I don't think he has anything insightful to say about the current state of film criticism or just anything regarding film culture. Nothing incisive to say. I think this is just him getting up on a podium and vomiting out everything he wanted to say because he's a whiny little brat. <laughs> yeah. So you don't think he understands, like. And I think he wanted to use, I think, I think he wanted to filter, like of what a lot of people are saying, and I I agree with this, I think he wanted to filter his ideas through two people of color so that he could avoid criticism. Maybe. They agreed to do the movie, though. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, yeah, but this was written on Zendaya's behest, right? Like Zendaya was like called him and is like, Sam, I'm bored because we're not filming Euphoria because the two of them, of course, worked together Mm -hmm. on the first season of Euphoria. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll write a movie and here, see what you think of it. And also sent it to John David Washington. And he's like, see what you think of it. And the two of them are producers on the movie, collaborated on the actual screenwriting process. And, you know, of course, improvised and changed a lot of things on set. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I this comes back to this whole problem of a tourship, too, when you say something like that, where it's like he wanted to filter his ideology through to black people. It's not just his ideology, uh, um, being there are a lot of his views put on display. I think yeah, context sure. clues. Were, yeah, context clues regarding his career. You know, if you're, you're on the internet, you've you know, you things you know about him are filtered through what John David Washington is saying. I think he's a stand-in for him. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Much, um, much in the way Woody Allen's. Much in the way Woody Allen is. Sure. Right. My only point is though that he's not the singular voice here, and so to say that this is a guy sort of uh you know like um like sort of using two uh black actors to sort of launder his actual point of view uh and to clean it up and to make it palatable for audiences i mean i don't think it's entirely fair because this is also two black people that also have a voice here that were a part of this so like you know is it possible that uh you know like some of the stuff that 
you know, the reviews of this movie have been criticizing actually came from Zendaya and John David Washington. And they are now blaming it on Sam Levinson. I do think that is possible. It's certainly possible. It doesn't change the fact that it's still horribly expressed. Yeah, uh, I okay, know. yes. I I, know. I, 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 I get know. it. Who cares? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I get it. I don't know. And I also think, for the record, I do find some of the points about film criticism to be salient. At least, you know, in regards to certain critics sure. that are often acting in bad faith mm-hmm. when they write a review. I'm not even saying it's the woman on, from the LA Times or it's the guy from IndieWire or whoever the hell this movie name checks. But I, yes, I do think that there is a tendency and we talked about this on the podcast before Adam in the last 10 to 15 years of film criticism where you just filter everything through a socio-political lens and don't comment on the filmmaking at all mm-hmm. and attempts at commenting on the filmmaking often fall short. And what you get is just a sort of soliloquy about the state of politics yeah. in, in the United States and not actually a comment on the art. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong, but at least we were coherent. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't. You didn't just go on. You didn't just go on for ten minutes at a time talking about William Wyler and Ed Wood. <laughs> the fact that they were pulling William Wyler out of their asses. <laughs> Fuck you, Sam Levinson. There's so many moments like that where I'm just like, oh my god. Not just Sam Levinson though. Like everyone involved with this film. You guys think you're a lot more clever than you actually are. Like, ugh. I'm not giving you the credit. Not for this one. Even it's just this. <laughs> Dude, it, it's nothing works in this movie for me. It's honestly like one of the, one of the most like in terms of like my reactions to it. I think I was I haven't been this scathing towards a movie in a while. Yeah, I think I hate this one more than Interstellar. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this is a horrendous movie. Okay, let's break this down a little bit yeah. further. I, yeah, <laughs> you have these two characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. One is named Malcolm. One is named Marie, as the title implies. Yes. Uh, John David Washington plays Malcolm. He is this uh, not wannabe filmmaker, but up and coming filmmaker who um, after the debut of his first feature um, comes home with his girlfriend played by Zendaya and uh, sort of decompresses and uh, waits for the critics to respond to his movie. He, He waits with bated breath for the first reviews to be posted um and uh in the aftermath of this big night he gets in a fight with marie and the two of them bicker because she uh is mad that he didn't thank her after when he gives his big speech Mm. uh after the the film debuts um and so they fight about that and then they you know go on to fight about ego and the nature of their relationship and the nature of art and Yes, a lot of film criticism. And you have sort of these two sides that feel diametrically opposed, or at least they felt that way to me. These two people, frankly, don't seem well-suited for each other. Compatible. Yeah. yeah. Or have any chemistry. Yeah. In in, in any way, uh, <laughs> John be- David Washington is an egomaniac and an asshole. Um, and Zendaya is this sort of quiet, um, very, like, damaged young woman. Very young woman. Yes. Like a 12-year-old young woman. (laughs) Can we talk about the casting decision of Zendaya and how it just 110% did not work for me whatsoever? She's very young. Yeah. Well, she looks actually younger than she is. She sounds very young, too. That doesn't help. So when you get the scenes where he's a little drunk in the kitchen and going down on her, 
I'm like, like, you know, you know, getting knots in my stomach for how uncomfortable it is. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude, she's a child in this movie. It's really weird seeing her in this. I just don't think it was the correct choice at all. Huh. So basically, every time she's on screen and trying to deliver a line, it doesn't work. Huh. <laughs> That's a lot of the movie <laughs> because she's so horribly miscast in this movie. What do you I'm think? Yeah, she, sounds, she sounds like a high schooler yes. in rehearsal yes. for a play. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely that may agree. be a fault on, on her end or Levinson's part. I don't know. I, I, I think she's she can play younger roles, you know, but this is not that. You know, this is supposed to be like a pretty fully formed adult and not stick out as a child at all. Mm. I don't know. There's nothing in the script to indicate that, oh, you're a child. It's like, no, or, or that you're like 23, you know, or like you're some some mm-hmm. uh, uh, like young woman dating an older guy and you don't get it yet. You know, there's none of that in, in, in the story whatsoever. She's just who she is. And she's with John David Washington. And it's really distracting. <laughs> but the age difference is. I mean, he plays an element. I'm not and sure it does. You don't think so? Not really. Like the sort of idea that like he's an older guy who's very career oriented and he's sort of using this younger woman as his muse. I mean, like if they were the same age, I don't think that dynamic would play the same. <laughs> but she's she's not an up and coming actress. They mentioned that she's had a career that's gone away. So, you know, I was I, I, I was not buying into it just based on the way they set up her character like that. The only thing that's yeah, but he's made it and she hasn't though. Yeah, that's I know the that thing, right? That's fine though. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I didn't feel the same like like gap with like a Star Is Born. You mm-hmm. know, they're a little bit young. Like 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 Lady Gaga's a little bit younger than Bradley Cooper, but she still feels like an adult to me. Right. You know. Did you like her in this movie, Jabril? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I did not. No, I've never liked Zendaya. I've I have yet to see Euphoria. Uh, you know, to see her in that context, but and, and anything I've seen her in, it's um, no thanks. I don't like the Zendaya thing. I don't like which is what she's just playing Zendaya, mm-hmm. like, like the yeah. smarmy, like 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 socially s- cynical, like like high school kid. Right. She's mm-hmm. very much that in Spider Man. Yes. And it, the movie plays it for last, but I usually find it sort of mean spirited and annoying. Mm. And it's like like quadrupled down here. So yeah, it's it's I don't know. Like yeah, I this this is part of the issue. Is like I saw the the movie. I'm like, oh boys and Daya. Like it's the only only reason why like I'm a little more excited for her in Dune because the character of Cheney is deliberately not that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Zendaya get away from that hmm. persona. But yeah, she's just playing Zendaya here. So yeah, she does sort of have this above it all quality yes. to her performances. Like I'm smarter than everybody here. Yeah, right. And yeah. It, it's definitely like that here. Um, she's just trying to take the air out of every line reading. I can't stand it. Um, the only part, the only part that I find compelling with her in it is when she's feigning this sort of breakdown and she gets the knife oh, and then yeah. she snaps back out of it here to fuck with him. Here, I thought she was. I thought she was good in that moment. But that's yeah. the only time. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're either going to love it or hate it. I, I mean, Euphoria, I've seen the first, I think, two episodes of that show. Um, and I, I kind of liked it. I there, you know, I think it's kind of telling that I, I gave up on it. Um, but, you know, similarly, that is a, you know, show that is very provocative. And uh, I, I think it's trying to get a rise out of you. And the first two episodes of that show are, you know, 
There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of drugs. There's a there's just a lot. It is a show filled with excess. And at the center, you have Zendaya, who is pretty quiet, but is kind of doing like a dark Ferris Bueller type thing where she feels sort of above what's happening around her. Um, you know, she she's constantly commenting on the other students at school and her parents. And uh, I think that, yeah, the, the first two episodes, at least, are uh, there's a lot of VO and you get in her head. Um it, it kind of works for me. I, I don't think the performance always worked here. I think she's actually better in the quiet moments. I really like okay. when she just sort of laying in the bathtub and listening to John David Washington go off. Um, and do they have the best chemistry in the world? No, but I do find that dynamic interesting of John David Washington, who is such a chip off the old block with his yeah, father. Yeah. And can do a monologue with the best of them. Like right away. You're like, oh, yeah, that's like Denzel in, you know, baby uh, Denzel. Yeah. In, in the worst action movies, you know, we're, we're just, <laughs> or, you know, a cu- couple weeks ago, the little things, I mean, Denzel was doing the same thing, just elevating what was a pretty shitty crime movie. Uh, and I, I kind of like that sort of, I liked when John David Washington was talking and I liked when Zendaya was quiet. And I oh. think when it was the reverse <laughs> didn't work so well. You didn't find John, da- like John David Washington can act, you know, and it's, it's, Obviously, no different here. But you he's didn't, a movie star. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't find like his his like train of thought to be kind of like infuriating at a certain point. Not not it just feels not unnatural. Even, yeah, it just feels unnatural. Like like no, and I agree with that. There's a point in the movie too where I'm just like, it, you know, I think this is part of what it comes down to is that I'm just not immersed in this setting or this world or this character, the story of these characters. I said this to Jabril uh, when we were kind of bickering back and forth about it. And I just said, it feels like actors acting the mm-hmm. entire time. Totally. Yep. And the, the inauthentic feel kind of carries throughout where it's like, it just feels like, you know, actors trying to outact the other. And there's a really distinct moment for me where I actually gave up watching. I put the movie down for like an hour and came back to it. Cause I was so fed up with it. It's when like, Zendaya's in the bathtub and she's like, are you done? And he says, not even fucking close. <laughs> oh, God. And I was just, I, I, I was like offended by the movie. Yeah. He had been talking for like five, maybe actually five minutes without stop. Mm. And I, here's the thing. When you monologue for that long, you forget what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. 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 I forgot basically everything they were talking about aside from the broadest strokes of, Stop eating mac and cheese and fighting with me. I'm th- I think that's all this movie was about, mac and cheese. Now that I think Great about mac it. and cheese. Great mac and... <laughs> but, like, that, even that moment, like, that are you seriously... That fucking mac and cheese. Are you seriously for having an adult conversation while eating mac and fucking cheese? <laughs> like, what? what is this? Like, a Paul Feig movie? What the fuck's going on? I... It, what? And the movie is so spotty. Like, I think the script is horrible as it is, but then you throw in lines like that, and I'm just like, yikes, that's bad dialogue. Like, I know you were trying to sound clever there, but it's it's just stupid and misjudged. And, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm not sure a single one of their altercations actually works for me for that reason. Uh, definitely an overwritten movie. 
I I will see you there. Also, stop saying fuck so many times. Yeah. Every single. I mean, it just it's like the amount. I I, I know Dude, I'm not. I don't know, man. I'm not. I don't. I I know. I like Wolf of Wall Street. I know I'm not one to talk, but like the the the. Time, no, every, it sounds like a teenager first yes. discovering fuck, and then he writes it in everything he writes. Exactly. You fucking motherfucker. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> not just with Zendaya though. Also with John mm-hmm. David Washington. The, yep. the amount of like like. At least in Wolf of Wall Street, when they swear, it's either like to poke fun at the fact that they're swearing so much, or it feels natural to the conversation. Mm-hmm. When they say "fuck" in front of like Mac and fucking cheese, like no, no, just say Mac and cheese, you fucking moron, and right. stuff like that. I'm not even sure if they actually said that, but there are many instances that stick out in my head that gave me that exact kind of feeling. So, yeah, like that was the other problem. Like again, just the, the flow of the dialogue was just wrong. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm getting here's very technical I, about the, the script here. I'm with you. But here's still. what I'm coming back to. You guys both made a similar comment about how this movie is not particularly naturalistic. Um, <laughs> d- does not feel authentic. Although the movie does get ahead of that criticism by oh, saying that off. authenticity doesn't matter. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because it says it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Baby boy, baby Levinson, fuck you. I, I, I do get it. <laughs> Again, this is not a Richard Linklater movie, though. Like, no, this is, but also purposely so. Yeah, and I do feel it's kind of being positioned as that. It's being compared to Cassavetes. It's being compared to Woody Allen here. So if we're gonna we're gonna draw who? that comparison, oh, here, a, lot a lot of, of critics have been doing. Yeah, okay, yes, certainly, yes, by critics, but not even just critics. If you just go on like Letterbox and you look at like user mm-hmm. reviews, it's the same story. And I would call that comparison inadequate. Sure. I would. I no. I, Although, I think people are calling it karaoke, like a bad yeah. version of those. Yeah, exactly. He thinks he's making something profound and uh, uh, raw and human here, but this is such a. Ugh. Which I, I honestly don't think so. No, I, you don't I really. Think he's, I, no, I, I don't think he's trying to. I think the guy clearly you is. You don't what? think this is a Woody Allen knockoff? You don't think this is an, a Woody Allen lineage? I think it's, I don't think the guy has similar interests to what Woody Allen's interested in. I mean, you know, maybe because it is a dialogue heavy sort of like uh, like stage play of a movie. Yeah. Okay, maybe I in that way, and it's about like relationships and about also it's not about rich people in the relationships. It's not about, it's not about anything. That's part of the no. issue. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying this guy is not a realist. That's not how. That's not Sam Levinson. I mean, the, the Euphoria is the most then why put it surreal sort of depiction of high school I've ever yeah, but seen. It's drawn on, you, you, Euphoria. What I know about it, it's drawn partially on his experiences with substance abuse growing up in the valley. Yeah. So there's there's truth. Okay. All right. Yeah. And there and there's, there's also for you, yeah. But... Okay, but there's there's truth in a director getting a bad review. I mean, they're both drawn off of experience, but I'm, but my only point is though that when the complaint being levied against it is this is not how couples actually talk to each oh, other. Oh, it's not. This is not how they <laughs> oh, actually fight. Fair enough. Yeah. But it is. I and I think you're right. I think it is a person using two people as a mouthpiece to express larger ideas about the nature of art and the nature of filmmaking and also the nature of ego. Okay, and if they don't do that well, then who cares? Like, what's why am I watching You can this? say it's like, not find, being done like, well. I find, like, I find some of these ideas compelling, but then it's like it's another 10 fucking minute monologue about this, this, and the other, and we don't focus on anything. And then it's like, as you said, Adam, after about 10 minutes of just nonstop 
Yes. Wanking. It's like you forget where the fuck. What the fuck are we even talking about? Yes, exactly. You need the. You really, really, really need a tremendous amount of focus to sell a lot of these ideas. And also, don't talk about all of them. If you want to talk I about know. the other ideas, which there are so, so many in this movie, to a fault. Do it in another movie. Do Malcolm and Marie part two where they're in Paris or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but don't jam it all into this movie. It's a clusterfuck. It's just a mess of ideas. And you can't pin down any one is more important than the other. That's part of the issue. Uh, and here's the larger point I also want to yeah. make. Malcolm is purposely an asshole. Yeah. And, and I, I do think that uh, one of the criticisms being levied against it is this movie is not self-aware. And that Sam Levinson is not particularly self-aware, and that he has not He's interrogated to a point. But in other ways, I, de- I definitely think he got carried away here. He might he <laughs> might have gotten into it to, to make a comment and be a little more self-aware, but in you know actually like like running the movie through, he started to really believe it. Yeah, it's, it feels I, I don't that, know. I think it just like feels that way. Malcolm is wrong for most of the movie. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. feels like Sam Levinson is aware that Malcolm is wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, the movie ends with Malcolm admitting that he was wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is the final line of the movie is, I'm sorry. Sure. So it's it's important not to conflate depiction with with endorsement, as we always say. And I do think that this is an example of that. Mm -hmm. You know, is it Joker? No, it's not Joker. Like, this is so much worse than Joker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, I I am sure that there are elements of of Malcolm that Sam Levinson agrees with and also sees in himself as an asset rather than a vice. Mm -hmm. But I also think, like, this is him sort of poking fun at himself. And it's him sort of wrangling with the fact that he's an egomaniac and also maybe the the byproduct of nepotism. Poking fun at himself or doing like that self-righteous thing where it's like, you know what, guys, I'm going to, you know, be a martyr. That's what it feels like more to me than him being like, you know what, I can I can laugh at myself. He's not laughing at himself at all throughout any of this, if, as far as I well, there's not much laughing. No, no. <laughs> so so is no, and that, that that's that's another issue to me. Like it, it just kind of lends to the guy just fit, thinking he's better than he actually is because the movie is set up in a way where it's like you're like okay, so I'm I I I went through this experience and I'm going to really learn something from it, and you can learn something by watching me learn something, but. Again, and, and this this kind of relates back to another th- – we've, we've already kind of gone over this, but like John David Washington being thoroughly unlikable. Mm. So that's that's an issue. I'm not particularly interested in what he goes through, whether it's good or bad. Also, mm. Zendaya being very unlikable. And I'm stuck with them. <laughs> I have no interest in what they have to say. I'm, I was waiting for them to stab each other in the bathtub. I was getting very excited for that. When she picked up that knife, I'm like, now it's a good movie. Now it's finally. finally." And then she put down the knife and she's like, that's what authenticity can buy you. Fuck you. And I I, I almost broke my television. (laughs) Jabril? I would like to read you part of a review by a guy I follow on Letterboxd. He's a crook. I might have to do that. Hold on. You have one too? He's an African-American. If you needed to know that. (laughs) The way you said that. Um, He says, every last detail of this rings of pretentiousness. The self-serious MacBook ad quality of the black and white, the jazz, because you see, this is art. It's monochrome. There's jazz. There's only two people in one setting. 
for the whole time? Wow! Perhaps nothing says this more than a star-studded laundry list of producers and resources available to only the most privileged and finally financially loaded filmmakers that this is the film's opening credits, which are, you know, different because they're done without flair. They're just and are just right there because it's art. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, here's another section. I'm not sure what's been more eye roll. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> you want me to read my this just one of my fa- I'll just say piggybacking off of that, one of my favorite lines about the movie on Letterboxd was it looks like the world's best uh, Calvin Klein Calvin ad. Klein ad. Yeah, I yes, love yes, some, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, Just again, even like the fact that it was shot in 35 millimeter. Yeah. I'm uh, a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked pretty, all right? It does look pretty. Fucking sure, sure it yeah. looks pretty. I like hot work. people in, in, in black and white, man. I like it. I don't know. You find Zendaya particularly hot? Oh, I'm very attracted to Zendaya. Oh, are you? Okay. And it also makes me feel a little strange because, again, as you said, she looks like she's 12. Who are you more but, att- honest, honest to God, honest mm, to God, mm. who are you more attracted to, her or John David Washington? Oh, that's a great question. John's pretty hot. Yeah. John's, John's a he's handsome a, man. He's a good-looking man. John's a handsome man. That beard. Denzel Juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you don't, are you not attracted to Zendaya? Hmm. I'm not like unattracted to her, but whatever. Uh, this is. A great- I was very attracted to her back in the Shake It Up days. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I would love to read this review. By the way, it's a little bit longer than his, but bear with me for a second. So mm. it's just cracked me up. Okay, it's like in college I took a playwriting class, and my final project was a piece called Fighting. It was a collection of three <laughs> scenes in which pairs of people are, yes, fighting. One was a violent physical altercation between two guys going at it after a botched robbery. One was a farce where two British men quibble about something I genuinely forget. Uh, and one was, regretfully, a breakup scene between a couple who just can't get it to work because if memory serves, uh, he's a writer and he, uh, she's a dancer. And that's why they can't get it to work. Anyway, I thought it was a really cool – oh, I thought it was really cool and good. It was not. It was re- – <laughs> It was really, really bad. It was deeply bad and embarrassing and had nothing to say about literally anything. Anyway, the breakup scene was bad because I didn't have the life experience to sell it. The robbery scene was bad because it felt inauthentic. The farcical scene didn't work because the humor was out of place. It was a wholly unsuccessful exercise, and I cringe any time I think about it. Anyway, I had no idea what made me think of that, period. This was in his review of Malcolm. Really. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, another subgenre I enjoy: couples fighting. Yes, I don't I do have it. an issue with that. That's I love funny. when couples fight. Sure. Some people find that sort of filmmaking to be very on the nose, and you know, Marriage Story got a lot of those criticisms. I mean, most Noah Baumbach movies encounter similar criticisms. A little actory too. That one. Yes. A little actory too. Uh, marriage Story. Yeah. Okay. Don't compare me to my father. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I dig it. I mean, I just fucking dig it, man. I, like, I love the before movies, or specifically before Midnight, for for that sure. reason. Oh, it's great, and that it's also very good at Marriage Story, but also because yes. it pins it down to just dealing with what it's like when a couple is going through a horrible divorce. So by the time they actually have that fight, that one significant fight in the movie, oh my God, do they sell it? Because it's basically been building up to that moment where they just lay it all out. Right. Beautiful. It's not like, like 
oh my god, it's not like cursing the gods every other scene. <laughs> there, yes. The fights in this movie make no sense to me at all. Yeah, there's no buildup. It's just right out of the gate. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like they, they, the characters just make them happen. That really shouldn't mm-hmm. feel like the case. It should be like something that they progressively build up to. Yes. There's a lot of just and another thing yes, in this exactly. movie where it's like characters will walk <laughs> away and then come back and be like, oh, actually, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. You thought I was done. I'm still angry. And it's true. Like, it's it's kind of hard for a person to be angry that consistently for that long. It's, it's exhausting. It's, it is exhausting. It's exhausting. Like, even the most angry people in my life only have a good 20-minute rant in them, and then they're done. Like, I, even you, now, your hatred <laughs> of this movie is petering out 40 yes. minutes into the podcast. <laughs> you, because wish- you can't sustain two hours of being that angry exactly. at something. You wish you could yell at me for as long as they Oh, I movie. wish, and I, I try, know. but I push it to the limit. <laughs> Why don't we talk about soul for just five minutes? Yeah, push it to the limit. <laughs> you only get ten, and that is true. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, and another thing. But I keep going back to this. This is not supposed to be an accurate depiction of a couple falling apart. I don't see- it is simply supposed to be two sides of one very egocentric director's yes. personality mm. at odds with one another. A conversation in his own head, yeah. and. I dig movies like that. And I know I'm nuts. I get it. I know I'm wrong. But I found this to be well-performed and hyper-stylized and really pretty. And I love that house. And yes, kind of funny and entertaining. I was never bored in the movie. Oh, so bored. I'll say that. I was oh, never bored. my God. I took me four hours maybe to watch this i was not done i started at like i must have been like 10 or 11 and i didn't finish the thing till like two in the morning because i just had to take breaks i like started playing video games and came back to the movie i was just so fed up with this thing i mean dude if you want like like a movie about a director arguing with himself i mean just watch the adaptation it's brilliant mm, watch yep. any of J- charlie kaufman's movies honestly you know hey well, watch um, um i'm thinking of ending things seriously yeah, this. Yeah, but Kaufman has a lot of those similar qualities yeah, that you're criticizing. A, a balance. Yeah, there's care. You can, read it, you, can, you can read it as a lot of other things. It, it works yeah. as a sort of uh, relationship falling apart. It, it works as some sort of existential decaying of somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, it, yeah. But this, this doesn't work as anything. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't it, like like fine. Like I don't have an issue with a a, a guy like like a movie being super meta and like the director essentially arguing with, with himself, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just you, you need some focus. You need some restraint. <laughs> you just do. Like, I okay, put it this way. I don't have an issue with this movie a- existing, I guess, for a short period of time just to see what it would be like. But as of now, that now that I've seen it come into this world, uh, I think it needs to go back to hell. <laughs> I think it does. Uh, it's like, all right, let's see what you got. Oh, no, no, no. Let's exercise this thing, please. Uh, yeah, um... But the point is, if anyone were to ask me, is there any movie, like, is there, what's, what's the, what's one movie you can think of where it is just a director vomiting on screen with his screenplay? I'm like, yeah, Malcolm and Marie is that movie. Is it good? No. But it proves the point that movies like that can get made. Whoopty fucking do. I'd like to read you guys a quick review, another okay. letterbox review. I love how this All movie right. just goes on the full offensive towards film critics, and we're just responding with film critics. But that's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's a worthy, worthy career. It's just the <laughs> dumbest. Ir- it's just the dumbest irony that Cassavetes worked his way up from nothing, scraping mm. whatever acting money he could find, even mortgaged his own home to make personal film after personal film that, when looked at as one giant statement, 
ultimately reaches the artistic conclusion that the only thing that matters in the end is love. Only for that to be repeat, only for that to repeatedly inspire a fucking clown parade of legacy kid dipshits to make movies that consist entirely of couples arguing as a shortcut to being taken serious. Yep. It's always the worst part about any like great filmmaker's legacy. <laughs> I mean, are these people supposed to like disown their fathers though? Like, I, no. like that. I, no. Like, I, I get it, but it, like, it's just, just gonna, everything just that gonna... Sam Levinson does like illegitimate now because his father no. is famous. No, no. This, feels, this just feels like rich boy problems to me. This just feels like rich boy problems. It would put it this way: it would be better, and we've talked about this on why is this a thing. It would be better if it was just people in like a two-story house that's mm-hmm. you know you know about half the size of the one that we saw in this movie mm-hmm. that might have worked a little better that might have sold me on the setting it might have made me buy some of the conversations they were having yeah if you're more to... ground level with where i am i, I, I really relate yeah. a lot yeah so. yeah me too me too okay here here's an example for you so we just talked about on the rocks the sofia coppola <sighs> movie from a couple of months ago that i i didn't particularly like that much and neither did you i don't know if you saw it, jabril did you Okay. No, I didn't see it. Um, but I like Sofia Coppola as a filmmaker. I think like you know, Lost in Translation is brilliant, and uh, you know, Virgin Suicides, all that other shit's pretty good. Um, but you know, one of the criticisms from that movie is that you know, there's a scene where where Bill Murray is in an Alfa Romero eating caviar, mm-hmm. like as he's just mm-hmm. going for a joyride, and you know how this movie is ludicrously rich yeah and how the characters here are so far and far beyond our comprehension of like what a normal life looks like um <laughs> that it's impossible to relate and you know i i think i bought into a lot of that criticism in hindsight i sort of realized <laughs> that sofia coppola is a rich daughter and like grew up driving an alfa romero's and eating caviar and if she is going to make a semi-autobiographical film, like you have to incorporate some of those elements or or else it's untrue. Sure. So like I just can't help but think, well, if Sam Levinson was making a movie about poor people, you would say that it's inauthentic because he's rich. And so like I, I, I think he's sort of in a lose lose situation, no? Maybe. Yeah. All filmmakers are rich though. You know, I've seen plenty of great movies <laughs> <laughs> where where a filmmaker made the you know a, a movie about someone who's you know not as fortunate. I mean, Boyhood is just about a mom scraping by with her kids. Essentially, it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, some people some people just lose perspective with the world. You can you can yeah. say something profound about somebody else's life experience here, but some people just get really solipsistic and isolated once they get a once they get to a certain point in their careers and they tend to lose sight of, of themselves. No Woody saying Allen. solipsistic on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just don't think like making the blanket statement like, oh, his father was a famous director, you know, I, therefore he could never achieve artistic greatness. I, I don't believe that. Well, though. I'm yeah. not saying that. <laughs> yeah, not That's not that my that greater is. issue with the movie. <laughs> my greater issue is just like it's a horribly told story at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. My, my issues. Always, always, always like the stuff that I really care about, the stuff that I really dock down from my grade is just, you know, the, 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 the craft, you know, the voice and how well it's used and, you know, the technical merits, how well you develop your characters, you know, the stuff that goes into making a movie. Mm. 
And if it's not done well, then yeah, screw you movie. And if it's done bad or if it feels like it's squandering a lot of great ideas, it's often even worse. And this is like a great example of that for me. But it's also just a movie that just gets on my nerves. It's like it's bad enough as it is, but then the voice is just mm, pisses me off. So it's just kind of doubling down on just my horrible experience that I'm already having while watching it. He just sounds like a whiny kid. I don't know. That's what he sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, Nico, not surprised <laughs> that you like the movie. Not, not surprised, surprised one little bit. At all. Nope. I saw this movie. I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Nico this, is, movie. this is. I'm not even sure like it's a Nico movie by the strictest definition, but it is Nico in that it's uh, a little difficult. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I enjoy movies that are a little difficult. A little difficult. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Do you find some parallels between you and Malcolm? Like like emotionally difficult? I like poking at you two. Oh. I think that's the whole point. Oh, okay. <laughs> movies that prod at you two, I kind of find amusing. <laughs> yeah, this is... And, you know, like, if you two don't like it, generally, like... I don't always love it, but I, I definitely... There's definitely something there. Oh, okay. If it bothers you, there's something there for me. Yeah. It's also funny because there's so few movies that bother me as much as this one does. Uh, Very, yeah. it, like, like it's, it's, we, we do this a lot. It's fun to talk shit about movies every once in a while, but I really don't honestly hate a lot of movies. I don't. Yeah. There are many movies that I dislike, but like hate is something very different. And I reserve that for like special titles like this. Mm. <laughs> and this is, could be the only time it happens this year, honestly. So. Good for you, Nico. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, Jabril, last words. Anything you want to say that you didn't get off your chest by now? Uh, camera work was okay at certain <laughs> points. I, I think some zooms, some moves. He's got some moves. I don't think he's entirely a hack, but and there John is... David Washington was fun. He was fencing in the field. That was very funny. There is that uh, that basically set up shot where it's a steady cam. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a dolly where uh, they're just going back and forth. You Did know, see the James Brown song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fine for like, I don't know, maybe a minute. And then I was like, why are they just going left to right with this dolly? You know, I can do that at home right now. Mm. <laughs> it's not that impressive. Sam Levinson. <laughs> Otherwise, It's basically you're putting your actors on a stage and having them read lines while your camera just, you know, like like bounces back and forth like a volleyball. Mm. So cool. Uh, yeah. Watch Shadows. John David, John David Washington is, is, is a movie star. Yes. Fucking movie star. Yes. He's mm-hmm. great. And I think Zendaya, if used properly, is also a movie star. But, you know, I liked her a lot more in this movie than you guys did, I You know guess. what I have to say about John David Washington? Though? What? Not a very compelling protagonist. <laughs> Um, okay, that's Malcolm and Murray. <laughs> Fuck this. Movie. I hope I properly articulated what I liked about it, but uh, I'm not sure any of us. Did. I, don't, I don't know if I if I if I ever will be able to. But uh, it bothers me a, just a little bit that you like this movie. God, I hope this movie gets nominated for best picture. Oh my god! I just, oh my god! <laughs> I want the pot to get stirred, man. Too often the pot is not stirred in in film discourse. No it's not stirred enough. No. Nominations for this instead of Mank, I'm sure. <laughs> On it, Whatever! Yes! Spice it up! You know, that would... Oh, boy. Let's have some fucking fun with this. Have you watched Mank yet, Jabril, or are you just refusing to see it? I need to see Citizen Kane. 
Oh, oh. Yeah, that would. Same you have to watch the so. prequel before you watch the sequel. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's a much better sequel, actually. It's a lot better than the original. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it just. I hope it just does a cannonball right into the Oscar pool and just <laughs> fuck everything up. That's what I want because I know how much this pisses everybody off. And I, you know, I'm just ready for the monolith to be disturbed a little bit. All right. What happens when it doesn't get disturbed? Will you start being like, okay, maybe it sucks. No, I, I, I totally get why <laughs> filmmakers and critics alike would not enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But that's also one of the reasons why I liked it. Okay. Okay. And I do think some of the negative reviews, not all of them, but some of the negative reviews are just a bunch of butthurt critics. That's not entirely uh, untrue either. Yeah, I, I can. I, I that, that feel a yeah. little attacked and called out by yeah. the movie. I do think that the, there's an element of that sure. here. Sure. Um, but there we go. Yeah. Malcolm and Marie. See you guys. See you guys when the Snyder Cut comes out. The third oh black God, no. Movie. No. Can't wait. Oh, I'm coming back. I'm Why? seeing that dog shit. Are we really talking about the Snyder Cut? Have you seen Justice League? No. Okay. I've seen yeah, like no. clips from it, but that's it. And it's terrible from Not what I've seen. I haven't seen it. Dude. Oh God. I mean, maybe it, be, it might be interesting to watch just that. So. It's going to be an but abomination. I, it's just going to. Yeah, it's going to be just. I don't know, what what is that thing gonna be? <laughs> I, Four hours. I don't know. Apparently, Jared, Jared Leto's in it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. how is he in it? How did he get cut out of the movie? I don't know. They shot new scenes for them. Oh, they, they what? Filmed, basically, filmed the whole new movie. This cost a hundred million dollars. Then it's not the Snyder cut. Correct. <laughs> they sh- <laughs> they are remaking the Justice League. That's Correct. what it is. Correct. It's the remake of the Justice League. That's right. What if it's are you- what if this bankrupts Warner Bros? It might. It what might. If this is, what if this is this generation's Heaven's Gate? Oh, boy. Well, that's what Tenant almost was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, I, I have I have literally no idea what this thing's going to be. But again, I haven't seen the original one, so I Should, feel like I have to watch the original in order to understand what they changed. I th- we wouldn't do it on this podcast. We would do that on Why Is This a Thing? Yes, I would imagine. And, uh, yeah, I, no, I think we're obligated to watch both. And then we have to. Obligated. I mean, what difference? Obligated. Is, you know, if we can't watch the new one not knowing what they changed. Uh, I mean, it's going to mean nothing so. to us. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Right? But they're both long. Isn't yeah. Justice League already, like, super long? Right. This one's going to be four hours. Though. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're going to do it as a miniseries, right? Oh, four hours. Oh, my God. Wait, it's a one four-hour thing or it's episodic? Yes, sir. Answer the question. One, what is it? One Single or episodic? Four-hour go. Four-hour go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> I've only, I've seen one four-hour film in, in my entire life. Only one. It was good. What What was that movie? It was Hamlet. Kenneth Branagh. Ah, it's a good movie. Not Das Boot. Das Boot was not four hours long. Close. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite four, huh? No. Not or at least not the version yep, that I yep, watched. Maybe. Yep. Confirmed. Snyder says it will be a four-hour movie, not mini-series. Understood. Shit. Wonderful. Understood. It's going to be longer than The Godfather. Uh, <laughs> that's correct. <You> know. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Okay. So coming up next week, we're going to do the Friday the Thirteenth podcast, the yeah. long-anticipated Friday the Thirteenth podcast. I have yet to dive in. So I have seven Friday the 13th movies to watch between now and next time we record. I've watched all seven twice since announcing. 
you've watched them all twice? Yeah. Since we've announced? What are you talking about? Yeah, I've watched like... In the last week, you watched all Friday the 13th movies twice? All seven that we needed? I think I... Okay, I didn't watch the fifth one twice because I don't like that movie. But yeah, I watched yeah basically all of them twice. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I don't know. What else am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently nothing. I like I like I like Friday the Thirteenth. What do you want? Damn, dude. Yeah. Uh, and Jabril, we're gonna have you on for a Cassavetti show very shortly. Yeah, we gotta watch some Cassavettis. Nice. We're gonna nice. finally we're gonna finally do this. I, I finally wet my palate with uh, with shadows. So. So I got a taste too. All right. Got yeah. taste. You want some more? Oh boy. Yeah, you're gonna have to be our guide through this though, uh, because okay. you are the you are the foremost Cassavetes guide. So, yeah. Okay. We'll do that shortly. Cassavetes. I think that's it. Have you seen anything recently, Jabril, that you wanted to shout out to while we're at it? Streamed anything? What have I seen? Oh boy. Stall. Stall. I look at my watch list. Hold on. Yeah. I saw Promising oh. Young Woman. Oh, did you? How was that? Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought tonally it was a little strange, but Carrie Mulligan's great. Bo Byrne was really good, too. I thought. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was good in it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked him in the movie. Uh, yeah. Carrie Mulligan's also good, but yeah, not not perfect, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird because like you go into it expecting a horror movie, no. which is kind of what they advertise. That's, right? Yeah. That that was sort of my, my hang up with it, I, but it, it probably would have been different had I just gone in totally cold. Uh, but yeah, it's it for what it is. It's a lot of fun. Like it's a pretty grounded drama, all, you know, except for the tone. The tone is very like uh, over the top. I mean, what she gets away comedic. with is I mean, no one would ever get away with half of the stuff that she does. It's yeah. it, it feels more like a genre piece. And honestly, I like the ending. People are not into the ending, but I kind of dug it. It's okay. I'm yeah. not like crazy about it, but it's it's not like I I don't think it's anything to get mad about. Mm. Okay, so what, I saw Ivan's Childhood. Um, Andrei Tarkovsky's oh. first. Very good. I've been that's been on my watch list for a while. I should just do it because I love Tarkovsky. It's masterful. Very yep. good. Basically, a perfect filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that was his first film though, because uh, I, I think I think it was brought up in film school. I think I actually missed the opportunity to watch it when we were talking about it because I think it mm-hmm. did come up. But uh, yeah, for some, maybe I was like sick that week or something, and I just totally missed the assignment. But I watched uh, all on my own. Andre Rublev, Stalker, and Solaris. You love Stalker, I right? I fucking love Stalker. <laughs> yeah. But I also really love Andre Rublev. Andre Rublev. It, that could even be better. But uh, Stalker is my favorite of his. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Jabril? Nope. That is it. Right. Jabril's a big Criterion guy. Yes. Uh, hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm mooching off. His- his account. Uh, yeah. Cinema is dying, so I might as well explore the past. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I've been mooching off of the Criterion uh, from Jabril as well. So yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's an excellent resource. It is um, just to go on there and just like oh, let's explore some French New Wave shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching some Altman stuff on there too. It's it's fucking great. What did you watch? Uh, watch film California Split. Okay. Which is uh, from the seventies. And uh, it's an Elliot Gould uh, vehicle about uh, two degenerate gamblers. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, perfect. Uh, wonder and why I, you like it. Hmm. And what I did not realize is uh, Mississippi Grind from a couple years ago with Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds, which was a movie mm-hmm. I really liked. And those two directors ended up getting Captain Marvel 
and uh, you know, were very successful afterwards. Ryan Bowden and a Fleck are the are those two directors. What I did not realize is they just stole California Split and just remade the uh, movie. It's an Altman film. Yeah, it's an Altman movie, and it is the same fucking movie wow. as Mississippi Grind. Like wow. the same themes, the same characters, the same general story. This is exactly the same movie, and I love Mississippi Grind. But now I'm like, oh, it's not what Altman did with California Split. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's a Nico movie, obviously, and those movies just will never not work for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, d- terrific, just terrific. Yeah, uh, cool. I have to get around to the player. The player is also on Criterion too. But uh, I've been yeah. meaning to watch that one as well. Yeah, Criterion Channel, well worth your nine bucks a month, however much it costs. You used to hate it. Yeah, I didn't used to hate it. I just you, you, well, you're critical of it, certainly. Yeah, and I, Art, I can. Artsy, you said, <laughs> and often it can be. Yes. Often it can be. Cultured swine. <laughs> not a bad thing, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a Tarkovsky head like you guys are. Um, Apologies. I, I sent uh, Jabril a clip uh, the other day from uh, 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 a filmmaker from Africa. And his name's Jabril, Jabril uh, Dion mm. Mambetti. Mm. And yes. it, it made him very happy. It's director of Tiki Buki, which is a wonderful film. I'll tell you what high art is these days, guys. If you want something that'll really blow your mind, expand Kanye your horizons, was... things like that. Kanye? WandaVision? Porn? Oh, WandaVision. No. <laughs> uh, porn? <laughs> Guys, it's so weird and experimental. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> what, WandaVision? Okay, I think WandaVision's like pretty good, and I think it's one of the better Marvel things, but everybody being like... I'm what? I think, I'm done. I think I'm done with Marvel right now. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure it's fine, but I'm just not interested. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's definitely out there or at least outside the box as far as marvel goes but you know there's some people on twitter making it like it's a hodorowsky movie and it's it's, you know what i mean like it's still like a marvel vehicle and it still has like the beats of a marvel show but yeah they play around with the structure a little bit and i i found that refreshing now again i am you know just a captive suffering from stockholm syndrome with marvel at this point and i will take any sort of creativity they give me because most of their movies are just so flat and stale. Have um, you seen every single one of them though? Oh yeah. I've wow. seen every single one. Yeah, I haven't seen every single one of them. Yeah. No, I, I, every time a Marvel movie comes out, I, I feel obligated to see it in the theater. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Why? Just cause I like fitting in, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't think people are, are crazy about Marvel as much anymore. Well, the box office returns would suggest otherwise, but yeah. Do, does anybody talk about Endgame? No, of course not. But people see it. So what? There are other things going on <laughs> so, that are preoccupying our mental space. Yeah, that's my point. Like, just because people see it doesn't necessarily mean they give a shit about it. No, uh, of course, obviously not. Um, no, I like WandaVision. I'm sorry. I like it. I'm enjoying it. I've been, I'm caught up. I'm watching every episode. I think it's good. All right. I also binged The Undoing on, on uh, HBO from last year. How was that? With no, Nicole was Kidman and Hugh Grant. Oh, I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. Six episodes, really short. That's like what HBO's doing now. It's just a six-episode miniseries about a crime, mm. usually written by David E. Kelly, uh, <laughs> as this one was. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was like entertaining and soap operatic in all the right ways. Um, it's kind of weird. HBO is kind of making that transition now. At one point, they were this prestige sort of, uh, you know, artsy place where like filmmakers could experiment on the s- small screen, and now it's just like. What's going on with Hugh Grant and Manhattan 
and it's you know it's become very like housewivey, it's like, um, sort of in the way that network TV was, although a lot better. Okay, um, and that that's how I felt about undoing. Like this is something that could have easily aired on ABC twenty years ago, but it's a little more explicit, and the language and the direction is just slightly elevated to what you would see on network TV. Okay, and uh, just works as a TV show. I thought. Aside from I think that's AT&T's influence. They're uh, corporate overlords. Oh. Yes, that's definitely happening. Yeah. Well, have Sucks. Some res- we have some respect for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Succession is still on there. It is really good. Uh, I don't watch that. Hey, come on, dude. The, the Bachelor is full of integrity if you just if you just give, if you just give it a chance to real i think just... the bachelor is actually on hbo max which is what? hilarious oh my yeah. god yeah. oh my god right next yeah. to the big bang theory <laughs> fucking friends yeah. and yes the sopranos and the wire I, they're I, just all together i just love we're talking about like wandavision and and the undoing and, and shows of that uh, of, of, of that such and i've just been uh introducing myself to the goldbergs Mm. I like the Goldbergs. Ooh, delightful show. Very delightful show. It's a very yeah. Adam show. Very yeah. Adam show. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of those ABC sitcoms are good. Yeah, I agree. Early Modern Family is really good. Yes, Early Modern mm-hmm. Family. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Late Modern Family, not so much. Nope. But <laughs> Yeah, no, sitcoms are cool. I'm fucking watching Cheers. Oh, well, he, dude, on Hulu. Cheers is awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, I've of course seen a bunch of Cheers like over the years on on reruns and syndication. But I said, you know what? Let's just sit down, watch the whole thing, front to back. Cheers, cool. See what's happening with Sam and Diane. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking rules. Sitcoms were awesome. TV's cool, man. What's what's the name of the actress that married uh, Danny DeVito? Because I always like looked at her and I'm like, you know, I'm not surprised that she married Danny DeVito uh, oh. from Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Okay. Rhea Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, of course you married Danny DeVito. <laughs> that should be surprising. Like, like seeing that Danny DeVito is married should be surprising right. <laughs> to, to anybody. But looking at her, I'm like, oh. Yeah, there was that, there was that Family Guy joke of uh, he's oh my married. god, yeah, he's, he's down to state. I don't know, Danny. Look, it's either me or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, awesome. Anyway, yes, I recommend uh, the Undoing, Wandavision, and Cheers. And Cheers. <laughs> oh yeah, Cheers. <laughs> I recommend it all. If you haven't caught it at this point. <laughs> all right, uh, Jabril, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, oh yes, thank you. As always. I appreciate your point of yeah. view as always. Um, and we will be back uh, next week for Friday the Thirteenth action. You haven't seen a single one yet. I have not. See, it's it sucks because I want I want these movies to at this point now. Now that you made me watch Malcolm Marie, it's like I'd like them, <laughs> I'd like them to torture you. I really don't think you're even going to get that out of them. You, okay, you, you know, there's <laughs> I love it. There's a half of me that wants you to fall into the groove of like understanding the appeal of those movies, but then there's the else the other part of me that just wants you to fucking hate them. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We, we shall. Okay. <laughs> Until next time. Uh... What do we say? Mac and cheese. <laughs>